Hello, good morning, and welcome to the City Business Festival. My name is Kojo Akoto Boating. This week, we've been talking to scientists and innovators about the work they are doing in creating solutions that will make our lives better, solutions that could create jobs, solutions that could improve our livelihoods, our healthcare, solutions that will ensure food security. Now, today, my guest is Dr. Eden Mahu. She's a lecturer at the University of Ghana. She holds a PhD in oceanography. She's a marine scientist and researcher. And we're going to talk about the work she does and how that affects your life and our lives in general. Doc, welcome to the City Business Festival. Thank you very much, Uncle Before we begin, I'd like you to tell us a bit about yourself and your academic journey. You are a marine geochemist and oceanographer? Yes, and you're right. Um, so uh, I am a marine um, geochemist or biogeochemist. Um, I started uh, my career, um, I started my tertiary education. Okay, let me start with my secondary school because I'm, I'm very proud of my alma mater as well. So I schooled in Okwapimine Secondary School um, where I pursued science. And then I continued at the University of Ghana um, at the Department of Marine and Fishery Sciences, where I obtained a, a Bachelor of Science um, degree in Oceanography and Fisheries. And then um, I continued further um, in this field. So I started um, a PhD somewhere in 2000. I started a master's um, somewhere in 2009. And then I, um, that got converted to a PhD. And so um, I, I, I obtained my PhD in uh, oceanography in the year 2014. And um, since then, um, after my PhD, I got um, an appointment with the University of Ghana, um, precisely the Department of Marine and Fishery Sciences. And I've been working in this department since 2016 as a lecturer and also a researcher. So, so when you say somebody is a marine biochemist or marine geochemist, what really do they do? Yeah, so um, you're looking at um, the, the, the marine environment. So when you take the ocean or any coastal water body, um, there is an interaction that you know, occurs between the, the, the bottom or the sediment, the sand that is you know, at the bottom. And then also the water column. So when you move from the, the bottom, which is the sand, and then the water column, and also the organisms that live you know, in this system. So in other words, you are trying to look at how these three um, main habitats, so the bottom, the water column, and the organisms. Um, so how these two habitats are interacting and how that is you know, affecting the lives of organisms. So it's more to do with like the chemistry of um, these systems, so the sediments, the water column, and uh, any other thing that comes to alter this chemistry, this um, environmental conditions, and how that is affecting um, the organisms that live within the system. Okay, so if I got you right, your job is to understand what is happening in the marine environment, that is in the sea, at the bottom of the sea, that is the soil or the land at the bottom of the sea, the water between the bottom and the surface that we see, and the organisms in the sea, and how that changes over time or how that affects the balance in the sea. I, I hope I got it right. 
But what should that but matter? Also, but also, but also, I also connect to you know land-based activities. Okay. So, like I said, you are looking at uh, the system, the system which is supposed to be in equilibrium, but now it's not because uh, there's a lot of um, uh, inflow of other materials. So when you look at the, the sediments, we know that we have sediments that is also coming from land into the the, the water, the, 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 the marine environment or the coastal mm -hmm. environment. And also we know that there are contaminant inputs that are also coming from the land, also coming into the system. And also, um, uh, um, yeah, so basically sediments and contaminants inputs. So, so by, by, by sediments, I, I want you to break it down a bit for me. So by sediments, do you mean, say, sand and silt from the land into the sea? Yes, so okay. sediments um, is sand and silt from the land into the sea. But once it gets into the water column, we don't call it sand and silt. We call it sediment. Okay. So basically, I try to connect what is happening also in the, in the watershed. So when I say the watershed, it's um, the land that actually borders um, the water body. So if you take a particular water body, um, you know that there's a land that is in close um, proximity to mm -hmm. that water body. And so the watershed, what is happening in the watershed and how that is affecting the chemistry of the system of the sediment or the sand and silt and how that is affecting the water and how that in turn impact on the organic organisms. So um, over the past few years, my research has focused on um, mainly two groups of um, environmental um, contaminants and how they are impacting on the aquatic system. So I have been looking at, uh, first of all, heavy metals. Um, and um, I hope that Ghanaians at this point know that we have a lot of um, issues when it comes to um, mercury and arsenic. Mercury and arsenic are, are metals, mm -hmm. okay? And these metals are actually associated with um, um, land-based activities such as, mine, um, such as mining. Okay, mining is actually the most prominent one. And we all know that for some time now, our water bodies are being degraded. So when you go to our rivers, there's a lot of um, galamse or illegal mining that is going on. And the mercury, to get the gold out of um, the dust, they use mercury to do what's called amalgamation. And this mercury ends up in the water body. Mm -hmm. when they wash when they wash the whole thing the mercury ends up in the water the water body and also our our gold is also associated with what we call um, arsenic so it, um, the, the gold the gold ore also comes with um, the bohemian system or our gold system has um, a lot of arsenic associated with it so in the process of trying to get the gold out we have um, a lot of arsenic and also mercury that is uh, that goes into the water body. And these um, two metals find their way all the way into the coastal environment. And then once they get into the coastal environment, my research, what I do is I try to look at how they are affecting the coastal ecosystem. So, for example, how these metals are being taken up by organisms from the tiniest organism in the water column into the largest one, okay? So how these metals get into these systems and then how they impact on the abilities of these organisms to function in the, in the system. And wow. then I connect this to 
human health as well. Because mm -hmm. the ultimate you know, goal of everything we are doing is in the interest of you. I like it when you talk about food security. So I always say that you cannot talk about food security without um, connecting to what is happening in the ecosystem. Okay, so in the end, in the end, these metals would affect the way organisms live, the way they, they function, and then also they get taken up by these organisms, and they, they increase um, as you move up the food chain. So when I say the food chain, um, in the in the in the aquatic system, we have. Um, a system that connects um, the way organisms feed. So we have what we call the, the plants or the herbivores. They are the list of um, the organisms that we have. And they are taken up by um, smaller fishes. And then these smaller fishes are also taken up by large fishes. So what happens is that when these metals get into the system, the metals are taken up by these heavy, the herbivores, mm -hmm. okay, these plants. And then these um, smaller fishes, um, the, they are taken up by the plants, which are the producers, and then these um, smaller fishes, which we call the herbivores, which feed on, you know, these um, plants. The plants. Okay. And then they siphon all that metal into their system. Now, what happens is that as you even move up the food chain, the level of the contaminants increases. It becomes so high in the sense that if you have um, maybe about six species of uh, smaller fishes that are consuming the plants that are contaminated or that have taken up the metals, a bigger fish would at a goal not consume just one fish. It will consume more than two or three fishes. You get it. And then by consuming all these fishes, it's taking all this into its system. And then another bigger fish will feed on that fish, maybe a couple of them. You get it. And then... We human beings at the at the at the topmost you know part of the food chain, we prefer to eat sometimes the bigger fishes because we think that they are more delicious. And so you go for this fish, and it's loaded with contaminants and or toxic substances like um, mercury and arsenic. And you are taking this into your system. Research has shown that um, these metals have what we call um, carcinogenic effects. Simply, they can cause cancer uh, in the long term. So when you consume, if you're somebody who likes fish and you, you consume fish that is coming from um, very contaminated waters, in the long term, you are likely to get cancer. They are also um, neurotoxic. So in the long, in the, in, sometimes, you know, when you, especially with pregnant women, you give birth and then sometimes you realize that uh, the baby is not so normal and all that. A no. lot of it comes from the things that we are eating from the environment, which of no. which fish is also part. Yes. Let's, let's um, break everything you've said down. You've said quite a lot of things, and I want, to break it, I, I want you to help me break it down. So okay. your work is to study the ocean environment and how the interaction between the ocean and the land environment affects all of us. And you're mm -hmm. saying that the activities that go on in, on the land end up in the sea. And you mentioned mining and the heavy metals, arsenic and mercury, that end up in the sea. And what you are seeing right now is that when we pollute the land and it ends up in the sea, when our activities around the watershed pol uh, create pollution that ends up in the sea, plants in the sea take up the, the chemicals or the substances right. that we've polluted the sea with.
and right. smaller fish will eat the plants. Bigger fish will eat the smaller fish. And because humans, the two of us, because we are up the food chain, we'll eat the big fish and then we'll be ingesting the pollution or the, the chemicals we put on land that ended up in the sea. We will be taking them in and causing problems for ourselves. Is that what you are trying to say? Very right. Very right. Yes. So, 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 so let me ask you this then. In your experience as a researcher, what would you say about our oceans now when it comes to pollution level and, 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 and how healthy our oceans are when it, when, it, when it comes to Ghana's water bodies and our oceans? Are we doing well? Um, no, we are not doing well at all because um, the research is that we have we've been doing in the past, actually, the, over the last um, four years, I've been doing a lot of um, heavy metal work. So it's not just mercury and acid, but there are other, you know, metals like lead and, um, and uh, lead, copper, zinc, and all those other metals. I've been working on all that. Now, the results that we are getting actually shows that. Ghana, we have a problem with arsenic. We have a lot of arsenic in our coastal waters. We have a lot of mercury in our coastal waters. Now, with um, depending on where you are exactly, or where you are, you, how uh, the, the 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 source or how close you are to the source, you tend to have uh, more of these uh, contaminants in the water body. Okay, so for example, if you move up west. Well, we know that uh, there's a lot of mining in the Ancobra, the Pra, which discharge into the, 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 the marine environment. We, we catch fish from this system, especially from the estuary of the Ancobra River, you find that the, 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 the loads of mercury and arsenic in these fishes are just not acceptable mm. when it comes to um, consumption for humans. It's, they are not acceptable. They are too high. Okay. Meanwhile, we have people who live within these communities, especially within these estuaries, who are consuming these species on a daily basis. Wow. And, and, and do we know the source of these contaminants in the sea? You mentioned mining earlier. Is mining the biggest source of contamination of our, of our um, mining, ocean environment? Mining is, is, mining is one of the so only move up west. So in the western coast or the western coastal zone, mining is the main source of heavy metal um, pollution in these areas. Now, when you move coming towards Accra, if we come towards Accra, um, Accra, Tema, you know, these are industrial areas. And there's a lot of industrial activities that are going on. And a lot of these industries are also discharging effluents into the Atlantic or into systems that connect to the coastal environment, okay? And so when you move from the west coming to Accra, you realize that the contaminants changes a bit. In the west, it's more of arsenic and mercury, but when you come to Accra, you find, or when you come to towards the, the Tema coastal area, you find a lot of um, mercury, you find a lot of uh, lead and cadmium in mm -hmm. our systems. And these are mostly coming from the industries, um, some of these industries are how do you go, smelting industries. Um, they, are, they, are, they are refining metals and all that. So the, 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 the waste products from this um, refinery process 
is getting discharged. What I know is that a uh, lot of these industries are supposed to treat the waste before discharging into any system that connects to the ocean. But, uh, well, I cannot say that they are not doing that, but from what we have been doing and with the data we are collecting, there's a lot of metals or toxic metals in the, uh, our coastal water bodies. And this suggests that a lot of um, uh, treatment is not happening, especially when it comes to our industries and all that. Can I infer that since in the Western zone, you see a lot of these um, heavy metals from mining, the tunnel and the Ancobra rivers are heavily polluted because we are seeing a trend in, 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 our, in our sea in that particular zone. Right, right, because um, these metals are coming from um, the, the inland areas. This, um, they are coming through the rivers that drain these inland areas. Okay, so you can infer, but it's always good to also confirm. But we know, and when we do our research, what we are able to also do is we are able to um, discriminate or um, sort of um, uh, um, say that the metal is coming from anthropogenic source or is coming from a natural source. We are able to do that. Because, of course, um, the metals that we see, we have, a nat we have natural processes that also brings metal into the system. And then mm. we have anthropogenic um, or human activities that brings those metals into the system. So when we do our research, what we also try to do is to sort of differentiate the sources. So we are able to tell that the metal, this, um, this particular levels that we are seeing is coming from um, the inland waters. And you can infer, because the thing is, that is, where, that is the source. That is where a lot of... Um, the, the, the metals that we have are coming from. They are coming from land-based activities. Interesting. So this is have your coastal environments or your coastal waters being mm -hmm. very high in metals, it tells you that even your drinking water that is coming from you know, these inland areas or the rivers, you, you, you need to check them. You need to monitor them for um, these metals. This is the City Business Festival. My name is Kojo Agotobuateng and I'm talking to Dr. Eden Mahu. She's, an, uh, she's a researcher. She's a lecturer at the University of Ghana. She's an affiliate of the African Academy of Sciences. She's an OWSD fellow. And she's, she's somebody who is just passionate about our ocean environment and interaction with land and how it affects our health. And we are talking about her research work and some of the things that they found. You've mentioned metals, chemicals polluting our seas. You've not mentioned plastics, but um, for the past seven years that I've actively followed environmental issues in the country, plastics seem to be one of the biggest environmental hazards in the country. Is it that they are not as hazardous uh, in our seas as the, the, the metals and the other chemicals you've mentioned? Okay, thank you very much, uh, Kujo. Yes, plastics, are, they are much, much more um, toxic. They are so toxic, just like... Um, the metals, but the reason why I started uh, talking about the metals is that, you know, the things that we don't see, we don't put a lot of emphasis on them. The metals, we cannot see them, and so it looks like a lot of time people are silent on them, but, you know, they are also silent killers. We cannot see them with our eyes, but uh, the things they can do to us uh, are very serious, are very um, uh, serious. And so that was why I started with that. But I also work on plastics as well. So like I said, everything that is land-based ocean, I, I am interested. So plastics are also um, a major challenge 
uh, when it comes to our, our water bodies. Um, we know that, I mean, when you drive around town, you see a lot of plastics all over the place, littering and all that. Now, the question that we should always ask ourselves is, where are the plastics going? That is the question that we should ask ourselves. Do we, are we managing them properly? Are we managing them efficiently to the extent that uh, we are not getting plastics going into the coastal environment? No, we are not doing that. A lot of the plastics that we see littering around, floating around, all end up going into the water bodies. And then when they get into the water bodies, especially in the ocean, the ocean is currently like the, the biggest reservoir of all plastic waste globally. When they get into the water bodies, they also, you know, affect the way the ecosystem functions, just like, you know, the metals do. So when the plastics get into the water bodies, for example, we have um, effects like um, organisms mistaking them for food. So some organisms actually, some of the fishes actually see plastics as um, um, fish or food, and then they, they prey on it, they consume it. Um, some organisms get entangled in the plastics and they die. And now the thing that is even uh, more dangerous when it comes to the plastics is that, I mean, all the contaminants, they don't get destroyed. So like the metals that I talked about, they can live in the environment forever. They, don't, they, they are not degraded. Plastics can take so many years, more than 500 years, before they degrade. And so when they get into the ocean, they are not um, degraded. What they do, what, they, what, what happens is that they get rather broken down. When they are exposed to the UV radiation, the waves, um, the currents and all that, it breaks them down into very tiny plastics, which do not get degraded, but they remain in the system. Now what happens is that when these plastics get degraded and they are, they are in the ocean, we have a lot of fish that, you know, you know fish swims by opening their mouth, so yeah. taking a lot of water and then, you know, once they do that, they take in oxygen and all that. So as they swim, they are filtering a lot of these um, tiny plastics. We have several billions of these plastics that are floating in our water bodies. And so they take in these plastics into their systems. Now, plastics are also hydrophobic. So when I say hydrophobic, they are able to absorb onto other contaminants. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is that they even absorb onto the heavy metals that we are talking about. They, they get absorbed onto um, other groups of uh, contaminants like the, 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 the persistent organic um, pollutants and mm -hmm. all that. And then, so you are taking in the plastic and then this plastic also has uh, this contaminants. Right, and then you are taking that into your system again. So you are taking a double dose. Then the plastics, when they are being made, there are additives that are added to the plastics, like the phthalates, and all these things are associated with the plastics. So, the so, 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 so what you are saying right now, Doc, is giving me an indication that we are polluting the land, which ends up polluting the sea, which ends up in our food so we are polluting the land and the sea to pollute ourselves so we are sitting that on a time bomb aren't we we are sitting on a time bomb so whatever plastic you are putting you, you, you are, whatever plastic we put on land gets into the ocean and eventually it comes back to our dinner table 
Hmm. This is scary. And it's really coming scary. with loads, loads of contaminants. So it's coming with the metals, the arsenic, the mercury, the cadmium, the lead, and it's coming with um, the additives. Okay. What should we do immediately as a country to ensure that we prevent this type of pollution, we save the various ecosystems, and ensure some sustainability in the, in the system that will ensure um, better food from the seas, um, wealthier fishing communities, and a healthier country? Okay, so um, as a country, I, I believe that um, we need to start giving a lot of attention to our water bodies. Um, I have been in this program, this uh, oceanography program for quite some time now. And what I have come to realize is that um, we don't put value on our water bodies. When, when I say we don't put a lot of value on our water bodies, we don't invest in the system. Mm -hmm. So when you take the coastal environment, for example, we have marine scientists, but nobody really invests in any research in marine science in this country. Nobody. Every single research that I have been doing comes from international, I get money from international donors. I do not get funding locally to do the kind of things that I am discovering about our water bodies, our coastal um, ecosystems, you know, to to bring you mean all the work you've done as a researcher you've not had any funding from any local source no so a lot of a lot of um, a lot of all the researches that we do you as scientists we always have to look for money from outside that is what we do we have to look for money from outside to carry out researches that will address problems in our countries. Wow. You get it? So first of all, we need to give research a priority. We need to invest more in the research, invest more in, I mean, I think that maybe the other sectors, um, I am just speaking for my area, mm -hmm. okay? There may be other sectors that uh, the government is probably doing well, you know, but when it comes to marine science, it's very, very unpopular. And people do not even want to go there. It's not attractive. Wow. A few of us are in the field because we believe strongly that we can, we can, we can make a change. Mm. You get it. But it's not so encouraging. So first of all, we need to invest in research. Because if we do not do research, we would not know what the problems are. And if we want to do, we want to make very good decisions, our decisions must be what? Research-based. So we so, need to generate... Quick question, though. Even though you are not getting um, funding from local hmm. sources, when you do your research, who takes up your research finding? Um, do you give it to, say, um, the sector ministry? Do you give it to any of the government agencies to work with or... When you finish, you just finish. You just keep it on your, on your what do you call it, on your shelves for them to rot. Okay, so um, when we do our research, um, sometimes we work with the with, with the sectors, the various sectors, the sector ministry, um, the agencies, and all that. But a lot of times, 
um, what we do, which also is not too good, is that we tend to focus more on what our donors want. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we focus more on they want us to publish, they want us to, you know, present a report and, you know, that kind of thing. And so we focus more on that. And then once we do the research, we publish our papers, we think it's okay. But now what we are trying to do now is we are trying to work more with, you know, the, 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 the sectors. So I have a project now that is also looking at nutrients, which is also another group of uh, uh, contaminants. That project is a watershed management project. And what we are doing is we want to come up with uh, interventions that can minimize um, nutrients influx in coastal environments. And what we are doing right from the scratch, we have involved you know, various um, sectors. So we are working with um, the Chamber of Agribusiness because we know that this, this project is linked to agricultural activities. And so we are working with them. We have identified some key stakeholders that we think that these are people that will benefit from this project. And so we've started working with them. And so now that is what we are trying to do now. Before, yes, we used to focus so much on what our donors want. Now we have seen that we also need to work with our, our, our sector um, agencies. And so right from the scratch, we have identified the key stakeholders and we are working with the stakeholders. And this project is coming out with a product. It's coming out with a product that can help us manage nutrients in our water, um, in, in our coastal, within our coastal watersheds. And wow. so, so, yes, now we are doing that. But uh, before, we were not doing so much. And now the university is also encouraging that. So, even these days, we have... Um, conferences that we engage with uh, industry to know what they want. Before, uh, in academia, we do a lot of research and it's on, it's on, we keep them on our shelves in our libraries um, and also we publish our papers. And, you know, for us, once we are satisfying the funding agency, we think that is enough. But now we are moving away from that. We want to do more research that can inform um, decision making. And so even though the money is not coming from within, now what we do is that we engage the various sectors right from the scratch when we are doing the work. And so, like I said, for example, when you come to the College of Basic and Applied Sciences, then we have annual conferences that, you know, sort of invite a whole lot of stakeholders. They come into the university, we meet with them, they tell us what they want from us, and then, you know, we do research that can inform decision making. So now that is where we are going. That we want to do research that will benefit industry. We want to do research that will benefit um, the country. Before we were doing research that was benefiting you know the country that could benefit the country. But um, like I said we were focusing more on you know satisfying the donor agencies, giving them their reports, publishing our papers and all that. But we have realized that that is not enough. If we want to make a change, then we have to get the various sectors involved. And so that is the direction in which we are going now. And so for all my new projects now, I try as much as possible to get the various or the relevant sectors, sectors that are involved to team up and be part of what I am doing. Wow. It's been informative talking to you about the work you've done. 
and the impact that your work has on the environment, the society, and the economy. And I hope that those who can, who are listening, would also ensure that scientists like you get all the help you need so that you can create the solutions we need to drive national development. Dr. Edemahu, it's been great talking to you. Thank you so much. And thank you so much, Kojo, for having me on the show. My name is Kojo Akotobuatin. Thank you for listening to the City Business Festival. The City Business Festival is sponsored by Absa Bangana Limited with the support of GIPC.